0: Welcome back to Don't call a book club. my name is Luke. My name is Dan
1: very excited for this for this book um getting getting our getting our hap, like our uh, I guess good moods back
0: maybe the vibe check after reading this half of the book very good. I'm <laughs> my vibes are my vibes are very good right now after this first vibes half. are good. Okay, and, and we're we're reading the first
1: half of Orcanomics. Uh We stopped at Chapter 10, not
0: yes. through Chapter 10. Yes. No No warm-up today, right? No warm-up. I just want to say, I think we've kind of... This book has kind of been a long time coming on the pod. That's true. Because it feels very much in our wheelhouse, and for whatever reason, we just haven't gotten around to it. So, I... I, I I'm excited for these episodes. Luke. Just, just getting us, I, getting us started today. I'm excited for these episodes.
1: I am too. I think early on, we had thought about doing this book at some point, and were, mm-hmm. were hesitant to do so because it was already a comedy. I think, and for some reason we were like worried about that. I don't really know why. Well, we didn't want the competition, Luke. We, <laughs> that's true. Compared to our sense of humor, Zachary Pikes is
0: much better, so Oh wow. Uh I it's different, Luke. It's very different. It's different. Okay. It's very different. Okay. Uh first off though, I, I wanna get us started with something that Zachary did not mention, which I was really hoping he would. Gorm so Gorm is our main dwarf boy. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you the story of Gorm and then let me tell you the first thing I thought of for what this character would be like to encounter. Okay, so Gorm We are introduced to him. He has been sleeping in, like, a muddy ditch after a drunken night. And he gets essentially bear-hugged by a goblin, Glebeck, who has also spent, like, a long time outside in, like, a barn and is currently on the run from a hero who's trying to kill him. Okay, so Gorm then proceeds to save Glebeck they go into town and they he's going to get Glebeck his papers before they do that they stop at a i think it's like a 10 cent sausage roll stand mm-hmm. and they have a fun little interaction where they end up uh getting as many like onions and as much like mustard and stuff as they can on these sausage rolls on right. these beef rolls and then going into town to meet up with some folks and get into some shenanigans um I want to say the first thing I thought of once he, once we got to this point where he's gonna start interacting with people was, Gorm's breath has to be terrible, right? Like he's gonna kill somebody, just with his breath. Ooh, okay. <clears throat> so because we're talking morning breath sh- compounded with hangover breath compounded with just like his general smell, and then he has like the most pungent food I can think of right yeah yeah for sure i
1: mean it, do you think he had coffee as well i feel like he probably did
0: okay this is actually a a point i was thinking about bringing up later there is coffee in this universe because at one point gorm is drinking yeah. coffee in the morning yeah. uh so yeah he probably also has a cup of coffee for sure terry it's it's brutal for gorm Yeah. No, it's brutal for anybody Gorm wants to talk to, which maybe this is a strategy of his where he's like, I know people aren't going to be that willing to help me out, so I'm going to just subject them to the worst (laughs) dragon garlic breath ever.
1: Yeah, the crazy thing about this is the just like no thought spared for the smell of his breath. Because like for, for me, for me, anytime I like eat something or do something that I know causes my breath to smell bad i'm like very aware of it right naps right. this naps are a big one it's like anytime i'm taking a nap uh i'm making sure that i'm not talking to anyone before i can manage the crisis
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and mm-hmm. so gorm just like piling these things up not even worried about it
0: it's, I, okay i imagine in you know in this world a lot of people stank like, I think most people probably right. smell in this, in this world. But, like, there is levels to it. There's levels mm-hmm. to it. And, like, I think Gorm has taken it to the top tier of stink at this point. Here, oh, ooh, okay. I have, a, I have a
1: question, actually. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, Gorm is a, is a dwarf. Yes. And <clears throat> when I'm worried about, like, my breath smelling bad let's say it's because i'm worried mm. about like face-to-face interactions
0: oh no okay yeah yeah, i get exactly where you're going keep going yeah yeah, yeah.
1: and gorm uh i ass- i don't know I-, I don't know what the typical ratio is but i'm assuming is a lot shorter than most like humans or
0: well there's a lot of like i know there's a lot of gnomes though shorts sp-
1: a lot of short species in and this halflings book, so. yeah but I, I I imagine he's having less face like close face to face interactions, than, than I typically would just because
0: of difference in stature, right? I think this Maybe is a great point. I think this is an outstanding point. But like uh, you're still gonna get some, some stank, even if oh, there's sure. a a couple feet of distance. It's it's the smell is the waves are permeating that air like the waves are just. They're radiating out from you, and that's true. And you also made a good point. There's a bunch of short races in this universe right. that he is also talking to extensively. So, I, I think there is a possible explanation for this, because Gorm is pretty savvy, and mm-hmm. he's going. He's bringing a goblin in to town to try and get their papers and it looks really suspicious. Maybe this is like drawing attention away from the goblin. Right? Nobody's <laughs> going to be like, "Okay, if the smelliest dwarf you've ever seen comes into town, you're not going to be like, "Hey, a dwarf came into town with a goblin the other day." Instead, you're going to be like, "Hey, did you guys see the smelliest dwarf I've ever you've you've ever seen walk into town mm-hmm. yesterday?" <clears throat> Like that's I could see the story. The, I
1: could see the waves coming that, out of his that's mouth. The headline.
0: Is the 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 literal smelliest dwarf anyone has ever seen walked into town yesterday.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The goblin disappears in the background.
1: This is true. This is true. It's I don't know if it's the I don't know if it's the distraction that I would choose, but but yeah. I think it's definitely working.
0: Mm-hmm. It seems to, especially considering how famous this person is.
1: Right. Oh, really? Real quick side, um, sidebar. Yeah. On on why he's famous. Yeah. So he's famous for well, okay. So he originally was like a very famous hero for being good. Yes. Heroing. Yes. Um, and then he's now infamous for running away. Yes. From this one mission. Yes. Are we we're on board with considering the fact that he doesn't remember the details of it something fishy went on
0: right Are we assuming that oh i mean 100,000% like there yeah. it's not even a question for me like there's there's some shenanigans that happened right. during this
1: Johan i think his name is Johan is the, is the yeah. like
0: yep hero that's the one, one that something stayed. Sketchy. that supposedly was single-handedly able to take out the spider king bullshit i'm calling bullshit on this his whole vibe is like, is like the frickin, uh, who's the Lockhart character from Harry Potter? Get, what do you, that's his name. What do you mean? Is his name Lockhart? Okay. Lockhart yeah. from <laughs> Harry Potter. I'm getting those vibes from Johan. Yeah, yeah. Of yeah. somebody who's just like taking credit for something. Or maybe he came up with a sweet deal with the Spider King and they're like now, in cahoots, you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. I, he, there's no way Johan did this. I don't believe it yeah i I also yeah, plus i the,
1: the so there's like two surviving members, I think
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm or
1: maybe maybe more, but the two that we see are um Gorm, who doesn't really remember the details, and
0: then this other guy who
1: can't talk, yeah, that's very suspicious,
0: little suspicious, Johan, granted like. Johan johan has a lot of like i think johan has a huge pr team working for him because the stories about like the book starts with a story about johan saving a princess from having to marry some wizard's son and that's like which uh also we're getting a little sidetracked but that first story the wizard is like forcing the princess to marry his son in like a dark basement somewhere you could have sprung for like a nice venue (laughs) like you can't be mad at the princess for being upset that her wedding is is complete shit when you have it in a stinky basement if you're
1: okay so yeah because presumably we this the whole premise of this book Uh is that the good villains are super rich right and i'm assuming that this villain is like one of the one of the high level villains yes Yes. What are, you, what are you what are we what are you doing with like I
0: for, I forget the details of the of the venue. But it's it's like a dark damp room is what it was described. It sounds like a dungeon to me. No, you it's I'm un, sure un, you have un, a tower somewhere. Even yeah. even friggin' Saruman had Orthank or Orthnak or whatever the big tower is called. I'm going to get some comments for this uh you just take him on the very top of the tower great view beautiful place isolated great i okay
1: yeah we let's be let's to be clear here uh he is forcing the princess to marry so the venue does not help with that but um it's just i i agree with you that like it's an important i don't know make the venue nice if you're gonna you go doing? through
0: the thing of like I'm gonna do the wedding ceremony as like an important thing that I've decided is right. important, like have the whole nine, do the wedding ceremony, like have the whole nine yards there. Do this do is the wedding. Thing, this this is the thing about these scenes. We're getting so sidetracked.
1: None of none of this is in my notes. But um, the thing about like when let's let's say in this case, right, the wizard forcing the princess to yeah. son. Yeah. It's like, we all know that this is not legit. Uh-huh. Like when they go out, it's like, hey, they're married now. <laughs> Did I, you hear he took her into like, a dark- no, you're the bad guy. No. <laughs> whatever yeah. legal proceedings this leads to, like whatever claim you have on the throne is not real because like, obviously that's not how this works at all.
0: Yeah, but he, I mean- she said, I do. She was wearing a dress. They were in a dark, smelly, dank basement. Uh, I think that's a wedding. That's got everything for a wedding, Luke. Also, that's true. the other thing about this, which is important to keep in mind, is apparently there are like lawyers who can come up with contracts that are so good, you can't break them. Right. So like, why do a wedding? Why not just like, yeah, I've got this contract, just sign it. Like, I don't need you to stand up here with my son and be like, I do. We don't need to do that. Right. Right. Just like, let's go to the courthouse and I will force you to sign this contract. Because also, the crazy thing about this and the contracts in this universe, you can agree to them while you're not in your fit state of mind. Mm -hmm. Like the Jade Wind, who signs the contract to be a part of this crazy mission, did it while she was blackout. And they right. were fine with it. And everyone was like, well, you did sign it, so you have to do it now. Ah, uh, no! <laughs> That's not okay! We can't do contracts that way, guys!
1: Yeah, I feel like you don't even need that good of a lawyer to get out of that one.
0: <laughs> right, right. The other, okay. All right, this is, this is going to move us on to a different note, though, that I have. This okay. is, uh, okay, so these contracts... There's a lot of philosophical questions here with these contracts, specifically with elves. If I'm an elf and I sign a contract 10,000 years ago and today I am like a completely different person because of how elves change over time. Mm. Mm-hmm. Do I still have to honor that contract? <laughs> um,
1: it's okay, like, so this is a very hypothetical assuming that the contract la- like is a Something that lasts for this long.
0: Yeah, let's say it's something like uh like child support, you know.
1: You're 10, paying child support for a ten thousand year old child.
0: Yeah, ten thousand years go by and it's like, oh man, I don't even know that you kid anymore. Can you get a job, kid, please? <laughs> um It's tough out there. I feel like
1: I feel like any any uh elf lawyer worth their salt is putting a sunset provision in. Yeah, or yeah. like if you're if you're if you're an elf and you're looking at a contract, it's like rule number one:
0: check how long it lasts. <laughs> right? Sure. I, I imagine with most people, that's rule number one. Yeah, not just elves. They're that's, like, oh yeah, yeah I'd love a true. wireless data plan. Uh, wait, hold on. <laughs> how long's this contract for? <laughs> um.
1: Well, but, yeah, I, the contracts are are, are really tough, especially for heroes when it's like, if you break this contract, we kill you.
0: Right. Uh, uh, I mean, I guess the perks are pretty good.
1: The perks are good. Here's, the, here's one of the uh, notes that I have, though. So for the, for the heroes, they, I feel like, are super underpaid
0: mm-hmm
1: because like there's the at the beginning of the book they're talking about splitting up the loop yeah of this one like super big uh mission mm-hmm. <laughs> and the investors get like 90 percent of it
0: yeah yeah
1: and i'm assuming that they're like funding the heroes like maybe buying some of their equipment and stuff mm-hmm. they are but, like, also, I mean, at what point are you, as like a good hero, just taking your current equipment, and like I'm funding myself on this one? I'm fine, so I mean, I'm low. sure, okay, to be clear, there are probably rules about this. I would that's the only way that I can think about not why you wouldn't do this, right? Like, if I'm a rich hero, I can kind of buy my own. Weapons and armor and right and like healing potions, right. So I feel like I'm just gonna fund myself to go slay the whatever wyvern.
0: Right. It's like what and all
1: of that loot's mine.
0: What are the investors really contributing to me? Like if I'm a hero, why am I taking investors who are gonna take ninety percent of a fifty thousand right. glinton horde when I can just use the gear that I've got and do it? Right. Part of it might also have to do with the fact that they're unionized, like heroes are unionized here. Mm -hmm. And you can't just like go out and do that. Yeah. Right. So like the investors, while they're funding trips to like big hordes, there's also like level one and two heroes who have literally nothing. And they're like, well, we have to, you know, we have to fund some of those expeditions, even if they're not going to have a lot of loot.
1: I, yeah, but I'm still not sure if they like really, I feel like it's not super, I don't know, the, the, in my opinion, the heroes are still coming out a little underpaid here.
0: I agree with you. It's also wild because the heroes seem to be working on tips for most of this as well. Like they're really only paid if they score a lot of loot from something. Right. Well, they're on commission. Right, right, right. That's, that's a better way of putting it. They're on commission. They're incurring all of the risk for this. Yes. Like, the investors incur almost no risk for these expeditions. And the heroes, it's, like, huge risk that they're incurring. Right. The calculus is all off for, like, value to risk. And, like, who's getting paid here? I think... See... This is just an example, Luke, of the market taking advantage of people that do it for the love of the game.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: These heroes are doing it for the love of the game, and it's like y'all got to get paid.
1: Well, you can see the propaganda, right? In in um, <clears throat> the Jade Wind is talking to uh, the 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 female wizard, I forget her name, um, and saying like, "Yeah, you have to realize what we're doing. We're just like killing things for money, like." Don't get caught up in the, like saving the world bits. Yeah, and I think that uh, this is this is how you get paid, right? Like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm not doing this for, for pats on the back, right?
0: <laughs> I don't want a pizza party. I want a raise, please. <laughs> I'd like dental insurance.
1: Right, right. Um. Uh, also, uh, this is this is such okay. I'm assuming that the whole, the whole story here is like a joke on like the financial crisis of 2000.
0: Uh, yeah. I have a note.
1: I have a note about this. Cause yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's very clear that like, they're, okay, so there's these big issues where the loot is diminishing and like, they're super worried about the economy, like tanking. Right. Right. Um, yeah. if you just take the <laughs> investors out of the equation, like it's largely fine. <laughs>
0: yeah, Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, because like, they're, like, the heroes can still on go on hordes. quests.
1: Yeah, yeah, the heroes can still go on quests. Um and there's money for them and then like all of the things that support them can still be there. It's just that they don't have to pay all the money to the investors.
0: <laughs> what well, and so we've run into this issue where the the system works worked past tense for a while because it sounds like there wasn't a system like this and dragons were hoarding a bunch of wealth and like accumulating a bunch of wealth over time over like right like hundreds if not thousands of years and then it sounds like recently we've developed a system of extracting that from things it's not renewable guys we're not planning for the future of What's gonna happen when there's just dragons and they don't have any gold? What's gonna happen when the poor dragons are out there and we still need somebody to take care of them? But the, and this, this, so so it's renewable
1: in that if the like villains, the the forces of evil, yeah. which is what we're calling them, um, are able to kill a bunch of people and take their stuff. So like it's a renewable in a certain way, but it's dependent on like uh just
0: a lot of people getting murdered for their things i guess yeah, yeah i guess it's, it's kind of dependent on more of a balance of power yeah and the balance is seems very uneven right now
1: right it's like the rate at which we kill the evil quote-unquote evil people minus the rate at which they kill other people and take their stuff
0: <laughs> correct yeah yeah do you yeah, think there is like a balance i feel like there's an opportunity here for a counter guild okay right like we need the counterbalance the heroes seem to be extremely well organized and effective and they have a lot of machinery behind them extracting wealth from the villains we need a we need the villains to organize and come up with their own <laughs> system Yeah, because so far
1: it seems like most of the villains are on their own. Except for this Leviathan project that we don't really
0: know the details of. Mm -hmm. Which, the, I'm going to make a, I'm going to throw out a theory right now that that I've just cooked up. I think this is what Johan's into. I think Mm. this Leviathan thing and Johan's vibe, I think we're trying to keep the system going. Because... I think the people at the top have a lot of money invested in this system and they're not willing to change their strategies. And so they're like, how do we just perpetuate this system for longer? And they need villains. They need a counterbalance with the villains to keep the system going. And so I think they're creating it. I think that's what's happening is they're creating that counterbalance in order to perpetuate the system.
1: Okay. Okay. This could also be the contingency plan that the, uh, that they're like a couple bankers that we hear mm-hmm. talk about.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Because clearly the oil's drying up. Oh, sorry. Clearly the loot's drying up. <laughs> yeah. um
1: I don't know. I don't know. The solution's there, guys. <laughs> I think we can find it.
0: Maybe. I don't know, though. Think about the GDP, Luke. <laughs>
1: The GDP, yeah, the GDP is key. It's a um, big issue, big <laughs> issue. <laughs> it's extremely dependent on just like transfer of wealth. There's nothing being generated. Um, okay, I'm gonna go to something small. Yeah, take us there. So there's a scene where <clears throat> I forget his name, but the the.
0: The, like, ha- halfling or, or whichever guy he was that's recruiting? Oh, uh, not Mr. Brunt, who is the, like, orc, but the halfling who's doing the, like, coercion.
1: Well, okay, both, the two of them. Okay. They 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 bring everyone to a, or they bring uh, Gorm to a bar, and they each get a drink, and the ogre gets, like, five kegs. Yeah. <laughs> okay, my question. Is there, like, what
0: what's the money situation here? (laughs) you're saying why are they taking this ogre out to drink if it's going to cost so much the bill
1: is five hundred dollars
0: right i don't know how much kegs are but i mean they're not charging based on your size they're not proportion they're not saying okay right the Orc the ogre's a big guy, so he's gonna drink this much. We're gonna charge him the same as the goblin who drinks out of a teacup. Yeah, no, they're charged I'm ass- Right. I'm assuming there's
1: not a sliding scale. This doesn't seem like a very like equitable society to no. the point of them like charging people differently based on things like this. So right. he's getting charged for five kegs, I assume.
0: <laughs> okay, Luke, hold on. There's magic in this society, right? Okay. So sure. maybe beer is just really cheap because they have a wizard in the back and they're like, oh, we got another ogre in here. And he's like, oh, all right, got to pull out my ogre spell. Here we go. Ooh. Okay. This is a
1: good point because then at this point, it's like, how's, what's the, like, how do you charge people? Is it just like an, a, an upfront cost of like, if you're going to get a drink, it's a flat fee. Oh, you get like of a wristband, like $2. And then on top of that, it's like 10 cents per gallon or something like that.
0: Sure. Sure. It could be uh Oh, actually I just figured out. I kind of figured out the solution, I think. I okay. don't I don't think they're paying. Like we just okay. saw them leave a place after getting the elf who is like addicted to health potions which i I do want to talk about in a minute but when <laughs> they left that place i think that was the one where they like kicked down the door yeah and the buddy was like hey you gotta pay for that and they were like hold on and they went in and just kicked his ass <laughs> i think they're just going around to these not very good bars and ordering a bunch of food and then pointing <laughs> to the ogre and being like are you get, like what are you gonna do <laughs> we're leaving now bye okay sure I
1: think that that's very that's very possible I still think that there's like a question about for this big, large of a difference in like consumption behavior mm. do you compensate it for it for it in some way <sighs>
0: Maybe like this, as a society. No, okay, no. I want to say no. Uh, for sure no. Because either either it'd be extremely cheap for most people, because there's like an ogre distillery that produces at an ogre level of right. of beer. Or yeah, it's just it's just they have to drink a lot and so they get to go out to drink like once a year with their buddies. That's tough. Yeah, it's not ideal, but, I mean, if you're big. The, co- the cost of living for ogres very high. It's ridiculous. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the cost of living for ogres is very high.
0: Which is tough. Which makes sense why they would turn to a life of crime, right? Like it well, makes, are the
1: ogres bad?
0: Uh, the one we've seen.
1: Sure. Sure. I don't know. He's a representative of the
0: warrior's guild. Yeah, he seems like kind of an asshole, though. I agree with that, for sure. So, I guess crime isn't necessarily the right term, but I don't know. A life of taking advantage of people, a life of just, like, taking what you want, maybe that's more what I mean. Yeah, sure. Because, yeah, the Heroes Guild is kind of just a gang.
1: Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Like.
0: Um. Hmm. Can can I can I take us to to something else? Yes. So, we have developed in this world a magical solution that if you get any injury, it will heal you back to perfect health. Only mm-hmm. downside, uh-oh, it seems to be very addictive. Yeah. Can, can we not like tweak the formulation a little bit? guys can we not be like hey pretty much every elf ever is addicted to these health potions because they live forever and eventually they're gonna have to use one so i mean from a from a production standpoint like obviously there's a sackler situation here where it's like yeah it's fine they're addicted because we love it because we sell a lot of health potions now they yeah they want them to be addicted but like from a just an on the ground hero perspective, I don't want to like it's going to have to be a pretty high bar for me to take one of these health potions. Like the my first step is like do you have any Advil? Like I do Advil if you have some of that. I think I could walk <laughs> this off.
1: Yeah, let's wait. Let's wait to see how bad it gets right. before. Um Yeah. Okay, so so the thing is though I feel like you're describing, like, a chemical dependency. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And it seems to me almost like the the addiction comes from, like, the way that being healed feels. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, like, maybe you could change the, like, mechanism of
0: healing. I see. So it's not necessarily, like a brain response like there's not neurotransmitters being sent to your brain but it's like the process of like what it's actually doing is causing this sensation it's not like I feel like
1: effect. a lot of the time a lot of the time when we when we read fantasy and there's some kind of like healing spell or whatever yeah. the healing itself is very painful mhm ooh and and this seems to be the exact opposite
0: Maybe they started with this. Maybe the first health potions were extremely painful and nobody wanted them because they were like, yeah, I don't, Ah, I'll chance it. I don't want to, that sucks. I don't like that. And then they were like, all right, well, we got to make it feel good. And they hit on just like the biggest cash cow of all time.
1: It's like how, it's like how my, like my, uh, Pepto-Bismol tastes like bubblegum. Is it? You got to you got to you got to put something in there for me.
0: Is I'm not mean, I'm not
1: taking those multivitamins that I have to swallow. I'm taking gummies, okay?
0: When you say put something in there for you, you mean beyond the thing you're taking it for? Right. I need
1: yeah. I need to be actual I need to enjoy the actual ah. consumption of it as well as the benefits of
0: it. I see what you're saying. So this is the the peak version of the health potion we are experiencing peak health potion where they've refined this recipe over generations to be the perfect consumer product right okay i think that's fair from a consumer standpoint from a yeah. uh, from a capitalist consumer standpoint um
1: there's gotta which be am. which i am
0: which of course we all love we're all very into Um, man, yeah. Or like, maybe you could water it down so it doesn't heal you up to full health, but it's like you're not gonna die anymore.
1: Yeah, he's okay. So like, I'm curious about how it's made.
0: Mm, There's probably a Discovery Channel episode about it. You know, yeah. With some fun music in the back, probably. Um,
1: and then is it a secret? Do you think? Or as like a super advanced adventurer, do I want to be able to know how to make this
0: on the fly? I think it's gotta be a secret. Yeah, it's definitely a secret recipe. Otherwise, yeah, there, because there's for sure a company. Like I guarantee you, we've yet to meet the company, but there is a company that makes these health potions. I guarantee it.
1: But do you think there's only? Do you think it's a monopoly and they have like a patent on it?
0: Mm, that's a good question. I feel like based on how this story kind of is, the vibe to me is that it is a monopoly Mm -hmm. or at least a conspiracy among the people who produce it to like keep it prices high, you know?
1: Right. So this is how, so like it's a monopoly, which is why no one seems to be doing anything about the fact that it's addictive.
0: That is extremely addictive. Yeah. 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 Uh.
1: We got to get that patent out of here.
0: Get a generic. We need a generic version, please.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Congress, pass a law. <laughs> uh, I think they have a king. I, don't know. I think they have a king, look. But...
1: Yeah, for sure they have a king. So there's the good guys and the bad guys. And the bad guys, we're just calling forces of evil.
0: Right. Foes.
1: Right. Yeah. And this encompasses like orcs goblins kobolds all of that yeah all of that side is forces of evil a little harsh yeah okay but okay <laughs> i i i agree with you i'm curious which came first of like them being mistreated Ooh. and therefore siding with the, the spider uh, king and his folk the spider king who who um, let's say let's i'm gonna put us on the side of the humans right yeah like the spider king is anti-human and the like forces of evil are like okay we've been super mistreated by the humans so we're gonna be with you mm-hmm. that i feel like is a very uh, good position however if like at the beginning of this it, it was just chill and then, like, all the goblins and orcs were like, hey, we're going to join the clearly evil side.
0: Mm. Do, mm. We,
1: do, we, do we understand why they're called forces of evil at that point?
0: Yeah. I think this is tough because some of these, like, beings were created by evil gods, for example. Ooh. The lizard That's men true, were, like, literally created to worship, I think, like an evil god. So yeah. it seems like from the drop, they were just going to be not pleasant at a dinner party. You know? Right. That being said, Gleebeck seems delightful. Gleebeck seems great. And we, there's,
1: a, there's a lot of NPCs, which is very funny that that's yeah, the, it's good. the name, um, that seem good,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're saying maybe we shouldn't just be generalizing entire races as evil and like totally fine to murder them, no problem, <laughs> for I'm like for sure for like points for literally, for, it, literally not even money, just points in your game to be like level. Uh, well, okay, now I'm thinking about the. I mean, it's very good, right? Of like these right. these heroes are leveling up by killing orcs and stuff, like. Fair enough, Zachary. Fair enough. But, uh, yeah, maybe, uh, I feel like it's, okay, it might have started off as, like, natural divisions among groups. Like, there might have been a big war or whatever that each Mm -hmm. race kind of naturally fell into one side or the other. But it's that, I mean, the system is definitely being perpetuated by the big money that's keeping it going.
1: Man, big money's causing a lot of problems here because you can see how just like being going to the to a bunch of goblins and being like, "Hey, I would be much better if we just hung out instead of fought each other." Um, it would be great for society at large, but uh, for big money, which is what we're calling uh, the the warrior or the heroes guild and everyone that associates with them i guess
0: yeah yeah
1: just what just wants this uh wants this to keep going it's it's tough man
0: that's what happens when you have uh the interests of capital over the interests of people luke you know just (laughs) which we love okay it's bad incentives it's bad incentives yeah right mm, we'll see if gorm becomes a true communist hero of the people by the end of this uh right now he's mm-hmm. clearly down to get back into the loving embrace of the heroes guild. Right. But yeah, I don't I I mean the moment where he decides to help Glebeck seems to be the one where it's like you know the heroes like they just would murder this guy no problem, right? Right. Uh there's there's some incompatibilities going forward between between them that I don't think are going to be reconcilable. Yeah, probably not. Especially considering if Gorm joins the Heroes Guild again and, like, keeps Glee back on. He's going to be, like, at a farm somewhere killing a bunch of goblins, and is going to be like, oh, that was Uncle Rick. Oh. Oh, no. Gorm. Gorm, it's not great. Was it worth all the points? How many points was Uncle Rick worth? <laughs> yeah it's got to be at least 10 so Uh, yeah i it's gonna be tough gorm i don't think is thinking that far ahead for his future
1: yeah no i agree i
0: agree i have a logistical question Mm -hmm.
1: so you like killing a bunch of goblins gets you points and i'm assuming it's like points per goblin yeah how's how are we proving it
0: it's like maybe just ears
1: goblin ears
0: you bring back an ear
1: Always has to be the left ear, so that you're not doubling up.
0: I mean, if the left one gets damaged at the fight, you could probably bring the right one in.
1: Yeah, but then you can do then. Then it's hard to verify how many goblins you killed because you could be taking two per goblin. Yeah,
0: I don't think they're doing a lot of verifying, Luke.
1: I don't know. I don't know.
0: Yeah, they might be though.
1: I think it's important.
0: All right, fine. Always left. Always left ear of the goblins to bring them in. (gasps) Um, be careful not to hit the left side of their head. Okay, guys,
1: keep them clean. (laughs) <laughs> that's what pros do that's how you can tell a pro
0: yeah that's how Gorm knew the hero who he was fighting at the very beginning wasn't a pro because he was like this this goblin is so dirty you messed up you messed <laughs> up right. kid what are you level 2? amateur amateur, amateur. Uh, I have another logistical question Luke okay i don't know if i misread this but i think this is correct if like a gnome and an elf have a kid it's a human i think that's what i read as well yeah uh hmm very first time that happened what was that conversation like <sighs> like this elf yeah. woman is pregnant and she's like oh i'm so excited know me for our beautiful baby uh i can't i mean sure we both look very different. I'm very curious to see what it comes out like. And then cut to nine months later and it's just a human baby that comes out. And Nomi's like, uh, Gwendolyn? A word?
1: <laughs> a word, please. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. What? <laughs> also just like, again, logistically, for the smaller races, what's the like survival rate?
0: Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. This is why
1: it doesn't happen that often, I would assume.
0: Maybe this is why dwarves have, have gone beyond it. Dwarves Ooh. saw this happening. We're like, ah, we're just digging them out of the ground. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to reproduce by budding or pollination. We're going to have a seed, like a it's literal, efficient. a little fruit. That's the lily thing that gorm wants to do right Is it no a i thought that too yeah
1: yeah <sighs> yeah it's a it's a uh i don't know it's a tough one that i have more questions about and
0: also the humans always look like kind of strange right but they're still like humans yeah which like inevitably, you're just gonna have way more humans. Also, what magic spell did people do? I would be pissed. I would be like trying to get to the bottom of this because that does not make sense. Yeah. What magic spell did the people do that my baby is a human? Yeah, there's no human in this interaction. Why is the thing coming out a human? We do need we do need some some
1: hereditary biologists in this world to to really try to figure this out because it's it's important i think
0: i want to know what human broke into like the eighth dimension what human wizards broke into the eighth dimension or just going around impregnating all of these these various races of being through a wormhole in the eighth dimension or whatever
1: yeah because it's like it can't literally just be like oh it just so happens
0: Oh yeah, when you shake a bunch human. of when you shake a bunch of weird genetic material together, uh it just happens to be a human that comes out. Uh who knows? That's just how it works. I don't think so, guys. <laughs> and then like it poses so many other questions, like, how do you inherit other traits from like a gnome and a halfling? Like, Ooh. if a gnome and a halfling have a kid and it's like six mm. foot four, where where do those traits come from? Like, what part of your, what part of the yeah, genes are the ones a... coding for a human to be LeBron James? <laughs> yeah, is it, I
1: feel like it's. It seems like it's got to be just randomized, right?
0: <laughs> You're rolling a d
1: twenty for stats. <laughs> Man, it's the wild west out there.
0: Yeah, I. Did it also say this was the case for the faux creatures as well? Uh, I don't remember that one. I don't either, but it'd be insane if that was the case. Like if an orc and a goblin Ooh. got together and a human came out? Yeah. It's a good question, though. What is it then? What
1: is it, guys? What's the default? Because, because this, I, so human is the default, like, light side. Uh, yeah, light side. That's what it's called, right?
0: Like lightlings or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: lightlings. Um but this but that okay, but then if it's different on the other on the other side, that means that there's like a co- like cosmically recognized delineation between between the forces of evil
0: and the lightlings. Correct. And then you have to wonder, okay, if we mix the two, like if a goblin and an elf have oh. a kid, what happens then? are half orcs a thing? Okay. And if they can't, we have to go away from the word race and we have to use the word species because they are not able to reproduce.
1: Right. Man.
0: Maybe it's lizard.
1: Zachary, then. let us know.
0: <laughs> Please. I feel
1: like it could be in the rest of the, it could be in a later section of the book.
0: Maybe Gleebeck and Gorm get get more intimate. They could. And we find out Gleebeck is, like, female.
1: They do have a, I feel like, a connection.
0: Oh, th- like there was electricity between the two of them the first time they met.
1: Oh, I 100% agree.
0: It's like a classic romantic story of, like, bumbling guy who's down on his luck, just, like, runs into somebody on the street, uh, mm-hmm. and they have this interaction where they get kind of put together. And then they fall in right. love over the course of an adventure together in these weird they f- they circumstances. They figure out they have
1: a lot more in common than they were expecting, even though they're from different
0: classes. Right. Different worlds. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just want to see what baby comes out. For sure. For sure. So I'm hoping that happens. <laughs> are we,
1: okay. Um, are we talking too much trash about elven food? Oh, yeah. I feel like Yes
0: oh, ooh, ah, here's what I'm going to say about it. So (laughs) right off the bat, I am vegetarian, so I don't sympathize with Gorm very much at all, where he's like, I want something dead to eat. It's like, "Mm, not so much. But I do sympathize with him in that I imagine this food is extremely expensive and, like, trying way too hard. Like, it probably does taste very good, so I think he's being a little bit, like... right obstinate about it unnecessarily but i also imagine if he's the one footing the bill i wouldn't be that excited right right he's not though but if i was the one footing the bill i would be like yeah i just bring me out like a slice of honeydew and some granola please because i don't want to deal with the like 12 dollar fruit salad you have for me
1: (laughs) i know that gorm is inherently supposed to be like kind of rude and like gruff but man so rude like if someone buys me breakfast yeah that's i'm no matter what i'm eating the whole thing and common well i'm first of all have like even though i grew up very picky i'm currently now like the opposite of picky and basically just like a garbage disposal for any food yeah Um, of course (laughs) <laughs> and so like i don't know i mean i mean anything and everything and this i feel like you're i feel like probably tastes really good and it's an ideological stance that gorm is taking here
0: it also seems like one of the first times gorm has eaten elven food like it sounds like he doesn't eat elven food very often mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. enjoy it this is a cultural experience that you're being given by an elf that you... It doesn't sound like you have many elven friends anymore these right. days. And, like, she probably ordered you a very good thing from the menu. She's probably yeah. like, oh, yeah, this is really good. I think you'd like this. Come on, Gorm. God, yes. Seriously. Live a little, you know? Just try it.
1: Give. It, come with an open mind. I feel like this is the classic. You know the uh, annoying thing that uh like people that are super proud of being meat eaters say they're like my food yeah that what do they say? My food eats your food. Yeah, correct. Yeah. This this is this is Gorm where it's like, come on, Gorm. That was funny in like twenty ten.
0: Stop saying <laughs> Right. Do you love Chuck Norris too? Tell me a Chuck Norris joke, Gorm. <laughs> Gorm, tell me how much you love bacon. Grow up, Gorm. Do you? Do you uh, what's, what are your thoughts on Ron Swanson? Love him? <laughs> is he goals? Is he hashtag goals? Gorm? <laughs> Grow up. Seriously. Sick of it. Luke, I think I think I'm gonna tip my hand a little bit here. We don't normally do this. I'm coming out and saying it. This book is very fun. I'm having a great time reading this so far. I I am as well. I I love that we always.
1: We, we always do this thing where we're like we don't typically do this, but I'm liking this book so far and we do it on like almost every book. Um Yeah, we have standards and sometimes yeah, we I, gotta break the standards, Luke. Sometimes. I agree I agree. I'm having I'm having a, a very fun time reading it. Um Can we do highlights? And so yeah, some I,
0: some highlights here? Some highlights of the funny things. You you go first. Uh Haraldin at one point is eating potato chips. And they call them. Yes. They say he has a packet of potato crisps that he's chewing while they're talking about what to do. It's just a bag of potato chips. What? It's
1: yeah, very clearly a bag of potato chips. That was very fun. Um, I love all of the uh, the goddess writing through mm-hmm. through Nil or whatever his name
0: is. Yeah, it's very funny. Where it's like real time and you can hear the things happening as he's writing about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. The fact that when uh, Gleebeck, the goblin, goes into the weapon shop and a bunch of the weapons are, like, going crazy as he's walking past, like, very good. So good. Very good. Very good. Um,
1: One of the characters... Okay, the w- one character whose name's, like, one of each something... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Didn't know what that was until we got <laughs> to him, and he just has, like, he's missing one of every... <laughs> every pair right i love
0: how i love how gorm instantly knew who it was and i was like how do you instantly know who this guy yeah. was and then it's like oh oh yeah okay i guess i would too huh <laughs> it's very good yeah um
1: uh, yeah i already i already said this one but um the fact that they're
0: called npc what is that actually what does it stand for in this word? Non. Oh, it's like non-combatant something persons but i i was trying to figure out how they got npc out of it too and i also couldn't figure it out it was there some it was there somewhere in the book but i, f- I forget but mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. calling calling the, the
1: forces of evil that have paper npcs is very funny
0: yeah yeah so i just this book is very fun i'm loving it i'm really yeah. enjoying it so far um yeah and so luke we're gonna wrap it up next week. We are hopefully we get some gleeback, some hot gleeback on Gorn action and mm-hmm. they make some kind of kit. That's the big thing we're hoping for in the next section. Yes. And we'll see what happens with this quest. But we'll be back next week with hot takes.